Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Thursdays here at Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by your friends at Herd at Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel loaded up today. Plenty of college football to talk. A uh, reality show you got to check out if you're a Nebraska fan. I think you probably have, or maybe you've seen parts of it. But we'll give a uh, what's the uh, the two old guys in the Muppets in the uh, in the balcony? What are their names? Yeah, I just think they're the two old guys. The two old the guys in the Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure they have names, right? Like Big Bird and Grover and Kermit and all that. But Statler and Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf. We'll go with it. We'll go with Statler and Waldorf. That's from my quick Wikipedia search, so I believe it to be true. Nice. That was well played. So Statler and Waldorf review uh, of of uh, GB Rewind. We'll hear a little excerpt or two. One from Coach Ron Brown on Brooke Behringer. Maybe you've seen it on social media. And, and Matt Rule uh, with his ability to, um, to fire up and be real. And don't forget, we also have Isaac Gifford pulling the disrespected card oh, really? in the Colorado game. Got that one pulled. Okay, so so we've got the disrespect portion. We'll talk buffs, specifically Dion hating Friday night football games. Gary Barnett is with us in one hour. The buffs play Stanford. I know there's a massive statewide eye roll when I say Colorado, but we'll talk some college football with Coach Barnett in an hour. Uh, Jabba Chamberlain going to join us. At uh, 525, we'll catch with Jabba on the stream here, get his take on the baseball playoffs. Uh, big ball game for the Braves that they want to stay alive. And uh, Philadelphia, man, uh, is just all sorts of rocking. We'll have a comment from Bryce Harper. And uh, with that disrespect theme, how it helped power a couple of home runs and a couple of stare downs. So Bryce speaks at 440. We'll hear from him. And uh, yes, Brandon Vogel going to be with us. Danny Burke, is, uh, he'll get you some side plays and bets for the NFL kickoff tonight. Denver, Elijah Herbal's Denver Broncos be the Kansas City Chiefs. And then also some college football, some Major League Baseball and Maybe some NFL from Danny hey, Burke at 540. And regarding the Broncos tonight, their game against the Chiefs, and the, the words of Matt Rule, if we die, we die. <laughs> but can you, can you die with, uh, with, with winning by or losing by nine I or mean, ten? Hey, gets you Mine's one. ten and a half. Any loss is one loss closer to Caleb Williams. Nah, he'll stay in school. You think Caleb Williams is actually going to stay in school? Do you actually believe that? I, I think the rookie contract and signing bonus, it's not the year of Sue and 
Sam Bradford. I mean, they're, they're not as lucrative. Granted, they're guaranteed millions, but, mm-hmm. dude, there's Hollywood behind him at USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's hey, the thing. Here's Mr. The thing. Spielberg, can we, uh, can we get a check for you from you for Caleb Williams? Sure. Here's the thing. If you wait one more year, what advantage does it give you? You just have another chance at going to you a bad pay, team. You're going to be the first overall pick, Caleb Williams. You're going to a all bad team no bad matter what. franchises and teams are not created equal. I will say this. With Denver and Peyton, there's a Super Bowl in his history. And there's also the, the Drew Brees magic. And he should win with, with Russell. Russell's still got ball left in him. Oh, yeah. Russell hasn't been the problem this year. <laughs> that, that that is very much like he's that's contestable. He's better. He's outpacing Patrick Mahomes in terms of almost every single major stat category this year. Chuck I'm, wins. Ah, uh, yeah, I walked into that one, didn't I? <laughs> but it's not his fault. You went from having statistically a top three defense in the NFL last year to having statistically a bottom three defense in only oh, one off season. And you've ran off some guys that were. Decent for you, and I'm not saying Randy was decent, but he had he had his moments. The for bloodletting you. will only continue. Frank Clark just restructured his contract so you can trade him. Jerry Judy's unhappy; he's going to be gone by the end of the year. Most of the Broncos team is going to be gone by the end of the year. The starting 22, anyone of them that is has any. You guys got to go value? get Jano back. No, they don't need to get Jano back. They need to offload everybody and get draft picks back. Saying, what was the old saying? I need I need 11 more guys like Jano. Love Jano. Yeah? Love Jano. That, that was the quote right there. Need, yeah. Uh, I think it was 20, 22 more guys like Jano. But <laughs> regardless, it doesn't matter. There is no Jano on the team this year. There's a whole bunch of clowns. And when they lose tonight, Elijah Herbal will pour himself a stiff drink in celebration because it's one loss closer to the number one overall pick. This is off the top rope, and it's against my better judgment, but uh, Matthew (laughs) asks a question I'm sure we're all scratching our head to. Does Coach Rule's viral pregame speech make him the best motivational speaker since David Koresh? You've got to add best since, since Waco. I mean, that was hilarious, Matthew. Thank you for that anecdote. Um... Should we hear? Should we hear the pregame from Matt Rule? Before we get there, I think it would it'd make him the best motivational speaker since Jim Jones, because both Rule and Jones got everyone drinking the Kool Aid, huh? Yes. <laughs> the, the difference is there's eighty five thousand plus that are still alive and well to go uh, check out Nebraska four eight nine twelve forty the number to get in 800-825-825. Five eight six five. Can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Something to chew on, and, and Elijah and I'll have our thoughts on this. But bi week bucket list. And we've done the bucket list topic before, but it's a bye week. So I ask this what game would you go see? in a college football season, rivalry or just a, a juicy matchup? Or what team would you want to go check out? And and we'll get there. We'll talk with Brandon Vogel here in about 10 minutes, get his thoughts. He's pro, pretty worldly with college football venues. I have been, and this goes all the way back to, uh, we had Jim Walden on this week, Jim Walden's upset win over Nebraska in 92 at Iowa State. Well, that same weekend, 
I had my cousin Nader. Uh, he went to KU. And cousin Nader lived at the Sigma Chi house. And we had a hell of a good time. I was in eighth grade. But that weekend, you had a nationally ranked Kansas football team because KU was a top 20 team that year. And you had a nationally ranked Colorado. So instead of being glued to the radio as an eighth grader listening to Nebraska fall to Iowa State, I went down to Lawrence and spent the weekend down there and watched KU Colorado. And it was like a top 10 versus top 15 matchup. I think Colorado won. But it was, that's kind of my only breather outside of Nebraska coverage or attending as a kid, really ever. And it was Kansas and Colorado, but it was pretty good. Uh, if, if I had to pick, I, I would, and it's not just recency bias, I've always wanted to go see Oklahoma, Texas. Mm. I, I think that would have been incredible this year, but a lot of years, just the scene, the atmosphere, the fair, I'm not a big fair guy. But I, I think it would be pretty cool down in Texas. I think this weekend would be awesome. USC at Notre Dame. I mean, th- those are the two I circle. Give me SC, Notre Dame in South Bend, or give me, give me the showdown at the Red River. Give me Oklahoma, Texas. Those are the two. And typically, you don't have a bye week this soon for Nebraska. So, it... it Hasn't ever worked out. I've had other friends go to Bama, go to Georgia. They've gone to the Iron Bowl. They've been to a game at LSU. Uh, a couple buddies went down to Tallahassee for some crazy reason. I think Clemson would be fun. See, I, I got two. There's two, okay. both of which are kind of unfeasible because of Nebraska's schedule. You'd have to make a, a really, really quick trip following Nebraska's Black Friday game against Iowa or whoever it would have been through the years. Michigan, Ohio State would Mich- be cool. Michigan, Ohio State, specifically in the big house. That is one I want to check out. The other one, same weekend, is the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn. That sounds fantastic. Both of those, logistically, with Nebraska's schedule, make things difficult. But there is one that is usually earlier in the year, and that is the world's largest outdale, outdoor excuse me, cocktail party, Florida and Georgia. Oh, good call. It's a little under the radar, but the fans all have a good time Let's, outside the game. There's a reason it's called the world's largest outdoor cocktail, cocktail party. party. Sure, it's a, it's a party, and Georgia has been dominating it in recent years but traditionally it's pretty competitive between florida and georgia that one sounds like an awesome one to check so you're out will, also you're it's, willingly gonna go to jacksonville yeah it's well, nice weather nice weather okay. down in jacksonville okay. i think my brother went down to the georgia nebraska actually it was a clemson nebraska bowl game there oh was the gator bowl gator years bowl. ago yeah that was this, probably what 2007 eight, to, eight. yeah 2008 eight. It is years ago now that you think about it. I remember that one because it had just snowed the day before in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So it's like all snowy outside and you go down to beautiful Jacksonville to watch the bowl game. I think he even took his golf clubs with Sunny, him. 70 degrees. Actually, yeah, no, it was, it was sunny and 70 for that one because it was the Georgia-Nebraska game that was rain-soaked. It was Nebraska-Clemson that was beautiful, sunny, mid-70s down in Florida while it's a winter wonderland in Lincoln. <laughs> got to gotta get to a bowl game. Got to get to Arizona this, uh, this December. Give me Detroit. Yep, Scott Kelly, he chimes in. Uh, Chris, uh, thanks. I just had a seizure after you mentioned the Iowa State game from 92. I apologize about that, Scott, but that's my one breather away from Nebraska football, really, ever, uh, when it comes to seeing. I think something out on the West Coast would be great. 
I, I love Bedlam. I love Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That wouldn't be a lot of fun. But again, you have the Black Friday weekend difficulties mm. there. There's so many good rivalry games that weekend in college football. We should we should line up a trip to the big house for Ohio State, Michigan. <sighs> That's a tough pull. Uh, we got a guy we can call. We'd have to get the, the late night Black Friday flight out probably. Yeah, because they do kick off at... at usually 11. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> That'd be tough. That'd be rough. We could uh, we could think about it. So we'll take some of your thoughts, 489-1240. Uh, Eric says when Bo announced that Nebraska was back, uh, yeah, that might have been that might have been after the holiday bowl a year later. Any game in the Rose Bowls on my bucket list, Ty chimes in. You'll get a chance, Ty, because Nebraska will be playing UCLA. Well, my uh, a good friend of mine, Nate, I worked with him back in my days at a, a local rehabilitation hospital back in the kitchen. Uh, him and his dad went and checked out the Rose Bowl game between Oklahoma and Georgia. Kirby Smart's second Ooh. year. He was sitting fifth row behind the end zone where the game finished. So they had overtime going directly That was a at great him. game. That was a score fest. Yeah, it was 45-42, I think, was the final score. And and he was sitting in the, the end zone whenever Georgia won the game right at the end. So uh, he... A fantastic game there. He had to check out. That was his one experience in the Rose Bowl, and I said Nick never Chubb. go back. Yeah, yeah, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield. Beautiful, beautiful game of football, and then uh, Georgia would go on to lose to Alabama in overtime about two weeks later. Two so. a game? The two a game, yeah. That was just a fantastic college football playoff all around, actually, and he got to go watch that Rose Bowl from the fifth row, and I told him, never go back. You'll never be able to catch a Rose Bowl or game in the Rose Bowl that's that good ever again. The word is, is the, the Rose Bowl's as old as it is, is a thousand times better than the Coliseum. So th- there's that for future reference because uh, there'll be a lot of Nebraska fans with this new Big Ten going back out to Seattle, going back out to Oregon, going to USC, going to UCLA for some of those road trips. And Adamus chimes in if Nebraska's if Nebraska stretches their current win streak from one to twenty five. At that point, they would be 500 for their last 104 games. Fair enough. That's a. I was. I would call it a fun fact. That's not a very fun fact. It's not fun, but it's it's better than a. It's better than a Koresh mention, (laughs) right? Or Jim Jones. Uh, Yeah, yeah, or Jim Jones. So there we go. Uh, Emails we'll get to Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Let's hear. Do we have time? Or yeah, let's let's hear from Matt Rule. The GB Rewind, this dropped last night at 7.30. Slock in on this moment right now. Let's all just be here for a second, right? I'm dead serious. Like, take a minute. Let's just be, everybody be right here. Okay? You guys worked your ass off to be right here. So let me tell you what's going to happen today. Okay, let me tell you what's going to happen today. We're putting away childish things. Okay, we're putting away fear because there's no reason for us to be afraid. Okay, we're putting away expectation. We are going to go out there today. And we are going to play the, the way we play. It's about our football. It's about the things you freaking guys do. I don't want anybody on that field hoping or waiting. I want guys out there demanding it from themselves and believing it, believing in the guys next to them, believing in what they do. I want to see your personalities come out tonight. As long as you just win one rep at a time. I just want you one rep at a time. I don't want you getting pulled out. I don't want you thinking about the score. I don't want you thinking about else, man. Just like if we played these guys at practice. How would you guys be? You go after them. And that's what's happening tonight. I believe in you guys. That was clear. The coaches believe in you guys. You 
guys believe in each other, believe in yourselves, believe in the process, one snap at a time. RDV, every snap, what's next? Play like brothers. Play like brothers. Pick each other up. Help each other out tonight, man. That's why we've gone through what we've gone through. The camp you went through the first two weeks, but there ain't no victims here. If we die, we die. If we die, we die. But go steal home base like Ron said. Go do it tonight. Go make your place. Go be you. Just be brotherhood. Let's go, man. Pretty impressive. Now, that's reality TV. There's cameras. There's HD. There's footage. There's a show that's dropping in season just like the trading camp season. It's a great look behind the curtain. But, man, the guy can talk, and he knows what buttons to push, and he's got guys bought in through their actions. Mm-hmm. Show it, us the uh, the pregame speech for Michigan now. Well, <laughs> I want to see the postgame speech Actually, for Michigan. Very true. Very, very true. Brandon Vogel's with us. Great to have you in at Tail Varsity, powered by Herdad Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity Radio, with you on a Thursday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Brandon Vogel from the Counter Read. Counterread.com is where you can log on, subscribe, find out uh, all you want to know with Nebraska and college football and beyond. Brandon Vogel, Aaron Sorensen, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue's joining us via video conference from his football den i was going to say office we're going to call it a den now because it looks like there's more books behind you and it looks even more scholarly i wish i had a room in my house that looked awesome i i don't the german shepherd prevents that vogues but good to spend time with you thanks for hanging out yeah thank you uh, i appreciate that the books do tend to stack up though um, <laughs> in your case it might be a german shepherd in my case it might be like kids uh, i don't know how much longer i'm gonna have i don't know how much longer i'm gonna have this this much space i thought you so. were talking about the kids were leaving <laughs> no they're not you had leaving. a wrong pause uh, there <laughs> they might they might just take over this space. they're gonna invade i love it i love it vogue's a lot to get to but i want to start off with the story newsletter that was out just to tease it a little bit that, that aaron Sorensen. Uh, had today she had a one-on-one with trev some pretty cool nuggets in there yeah there were um so trev alberts has been good enough to to sit down with us a couple of times now and kind of talk through a lot of things and in this case we asked our, our our subscribers to to send us their questions that they had for trev alberts of course there was a lot of stadium talk um one of the more interesting ones, though, however, was about kind of football rebuilds. And, like, you know, I think if we're being realistic about that, like, we know that Nebraska is in one. We saw them play Colorado uh, about a month ago at, at this point. 
And we know that Colorado was in one and, t- and took a very different approach. So, so Albert's had some, some really interesting comments I thought on, on that about, yeah, you can flip these things pretty quickly. Something I wrote earlier in the week was just kind of putting rule in context of the other year one power five coaching hires. And the two that I think that you can't argue are successful at this moment are Colorado and Louisville. They were two of, I think, the top six or seven in terms of the number of transfers they took in. Now, Arizona State, which there's there's a lot of context, I think, to to the Sun Devils, also took in a ton of transfers, has dealt with a ton of injuries, took a bull ban kind of voluntarily <laughs> before the season started. Um, so it's not like, like, yeah, just flip your roster and you'll be good. Um but it's it's interesting. This is all evolving. This is kind of a, a new era for college football. And Nebraska has has chosen not to go that route. So Trent Albers talked a little bit about that. Really good answer to the question. And there's different ways to do it. And uh, what is long term is a great question. And and may, maybe Prime is is long term with this. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what long term means. For him in Boulder, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Brandon Vogel with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Vogue's uh, outlook for the second six for Nebraska as they head into uh, the bye week. They're going to get recharged and reset as you look into this next wave of games. Are you looking at, at another three and three split? Do you think Nebraska could hedge? maybe even above 500 or do they stub their toe? How's how's your mood as we move through the bye week? Yeah, I mean, Nebraska in in my opinion hasn't like shown enough to the point where and this has been the case for for a long time with Nebraska where you're just like, "Oh yeah, you're favored by 7 in this game. You'll you'll obviously win that." <laughs> um, that said, I think they're getting closer to that point. So you look at the, the the back half of this schedule and it kind of neatly divides into into three. So you've got Northwestern, which by by most power ratings, et cetera, or just watching the games, you're like, Nebraska's better than Northwestern. They'll be a favorite next week at home against Northwestern. They'll probably be a slight favorite against Purdue, which, you know, I think Purdue and Nebraska at this moment are are pretty close to about equal and then michigan state who knows like it's a it's a weird situation it's an interim coach situation you got to go on the road but like michigan state isn't what we thought it was in in the preseason after that you've got you've got maryland wisconsin and iowa um i feel like you you match up stylistically okay with iowa maryland's gonna be i think tough We'll we'll see where the Terps go, and then Wisconsin. Wisconsin is maybe the most mysterious team to me still left in in the Big Ten, and we'll we'll find out a little bit about the Badgers when they face Iowa this week. They get to host them at home as a ten point favorite, um, but there there there's no game left on that schedule for for Nebraska. Where I was like, oh, they're just they're not going to win that. Michigan, Michigan was probably that, even though I thought Nebraska had a chance to maybe cover a 17-point spread. They probably weren't going to win it. That's done. 
Like there, there's none of that left. So Nebraska is is in a fortunate position of being able to write the rest of its season. I, re- I really do think that. And Brandon, if Nebraska does write the rest of its season, is a Big Ten West title out of the question? And I, I hate to go there, but halfway through the season, you look at all the games, I think you could see Nebraska getting a win. Maybe winnable is not the game to use because that gets contentious whenever you call everything winnable games. But as Matt Rule kind of said, there's not a game on the schedule we can't win, but there's also not a, a team left on the schedule that can't beat us. And if you, if you run the table in those remaining six games, I, I mean, is that too crazy? Life is um, all about nine and three, I guess. <laughs> hey, I watched a pregame one pregame speech from Matt Rule, and I, I see six wins now. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it not it's good. not out of it's not out of the question. I wouldn't say it's probable, but I'm not sure running the table is is what you have to do to win the Big Ten West. I mean, honestly, like with Wisconsin undefeated, Iowa with one loss in the in, in conference play, like. If you're if you're a Husker fan who doesn't know what to do on Saturday, and you're like maybe I'll go to the pumpkin patch or whatever, totally get it. Like I'll probably do that too. Um, watch that Iowa Wisconsin game. Like I think it's going to be the most telling one. Um, and there's there's not a lot of great games in the Big Ten this week to be honest. Um, seeing where those two teams kind of fall in and and what happens between the two of them. And they're they're the last two opponents on Nebraska's schedule. Like a lot of it comes down, a lot of it I think comes down to to what Nebraska does against those two. Um, if if we look at them as favorites twice, so Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, a little bit up in the air. Michigan State will probably be favored because they're still at home. Um, like you, you've just got to steal like a win or two for us to be in November like going to Wisconsin and and talking about, oh, I think Nebraska, like if they win this game, they've got a shot. Like they're not out of the race. So it's um it's it's not crazy to think along those lines, I guess is 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 my ultimate point. And we'll see we'll see what Nebraska does from here. I mean we know what they well, I don't know if we know, but we have a good day good idea what they are at this point. Pretty good defensively, which always gives you a chance in the Big Ten. Pretty limited offensively, which for the past decade plus hasn't hurt Iowa. So um, can you can you be Iowa a little bit over the remaining six weeks? You can be limited and borderline bad offensively and still win the West. I mean, Wisconsin for years has had a really good run game and an offensive line, and it works to the tune of eight, nine, ten. I'm not dogging them, yeah. but once you get up against Michigan, Ohio State, I mean, you're you're annihilated, uh, especially in Indy. Brandon Vogel's with us. Counterread.com at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. Vogels, want you to chime in on this uh, bye week bucket list. the The only other college football game I've been to that doesn't involve Nebraska was back in '92. It was Colorado Kansas, a matchup of two top twenty five teams. Remember it well. Good ball game. The Buffs won. Uh, your thought. You've you've experienced uh, some non-Nebraska college football Saturdays. What what game slash rivalry would you choose to see, or what team slash venue would you want to go see? Not necessarily a matchup, but a team. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think at number one on my list, and I've I've never been there. I didn't even get to watch it last Saturday because I was driving back from from Illinois. Uh, just got to listen to it, but listening to it somehow drove it home. Of like, I need to I need to get to the Texas State Fair for for Oklahoma Texas. Um, I mean, there's just so much around that game, and honestly, like this was this was another one where the game was great. And I feel like because it happens relatively early, it, it doesn't get the the credit that say Ohio State, Michigan, or Auburn, Alabama, which happen you know at the end of the season get. But it you know if you give me the choice between those three, Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, or Texas, Oklahoma, I'm going to Texas, Oklahoma. Um, there's just there's so much to that one. Um, there's you know. I like to to get out to to college football games, rivalry or not, and there's there's so much there's so much good out there. Like if you're somebody who, you know, is in a position where you're like Nebraska doesn't play this week, I'm going to go watch a college football game. Where am I going to go? Like to that person who went to a Colorado Kansas game, like maybe doesn't care about either team. Great idea. Um, App State is is one of the best atmospheres I've I've been to. Wyoming is one of the the best atmospheres I've been to. So all of those things, like it's, it's a huge sport, which is the beauty of it. And just getting out there and getting to experience things. Like if you love the sport itself, maybe you love Nebraska first and foremost, it's good. Like it, it changes your, it changes your perspective just to get out and see like what else is out there. Brandon, quickly before we get you out of here, about a minute left. Less rivalry game, more rivalry trophy. Do you have a favorite rivalry trophy that you want to see get awarded in college football? Hmm. I mean, there's 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 a lot of a lot of good ones, and in, in, in the Big Ten, the, the Kega Nails always stands out. Um, <laughs> Michigan and Minnesota played in a not very good game. Uh, if you're a Minnesota fan for for the little brown jug. Um, I like those things that were, were kind of organic, not workshopped, not put together by a marketing team, which unfortunately includes most of Nebraska's rivalry trophies uh, in, in the big 10 era. But it's just like, yeah, back in 1904, some student manager bought this jug and that's what we play for now. That's, that's the good stuff. So, um, the Big Ten probably does lead the way here, but give me something ugly and old. I love it. Subscribe, counterread.com. Folks, thanks for the time, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks so much to Brandon Vogel for joining us, Counter Reed. Coming up here, Gary Barnett. His take on Coach Prime hating on Friday night kickoffs at 8.20 Mountain Time. What's he think of the weekend matchup? Best environment Barney's been to. He's heated national radio for quite a while. We're getting into bye week bucket list. What team or game would you see if you could? Uh, Tim chimes in. Tim, thanks for listening. And uh, this is in reference to our Matt Rule clip from the GB Rewind, the reality show that dropped last night. It's in-season footage behind the scenes of Nebraska football, a fiery speech by Matt Rule. You've probably seen it on social media, but it was really cool, and the highlight of it is if we die, we die. 
And it's uh, the, the look in his eyes as he's getting his team fired up, being real with them, uh, was pretty impressive. Really like the, the beginning of that, Elijah, where it's right after the Colorado game. And, you know, it's not a, a, a great thing. But he's like, you know, we'll get better. We'll fix it. I ask you to trust me again uh, as a partnership where they work together versus being something you're not one moment. You're loving them up or talking them up or getting them to sign on signing day. And then you're a completely different person when it gets a little funky. And I think he's, I think he's the same guy whether the HD cameras are rolling or not. And, and I, I really appreciate that about Coach Rule. Uh, Tim responded to, to Rule's speech. Hearing that gave me flashbacks to boot camp. Phew. <laughs> uh, full metal jacket, Tim, with, uh, with boot camp. I got to hear stories sometime from you. Uh, Brandon chimes in uh, when it comes to Wisconsin has Ohio State. If Nebraska wins against them, there's the tiebreaker. Brandon is like-minded with Elijah talking Big Ten West Championship. Can I put that on you? I mean, it's, it's there for the taking. Easy. It's yes. There for, I think Nebraska legitimately, despite the fact that you have two losses in the, the conference, you still hold your fate in your own hands. I, I don't know. Listen, Wisconsin, Wisconsin still has to, to jack with Minnesota. I know Minnesota's not good, but I don't see Minnesota getting swept by Iowa and Wisconsin. I just, I just don't. They just don't do that. This will be the year they do do it. But Iowa's already gotten crushed by Penn State. They got to go to Madison. They still got to play Nebraska. And I forget the other crossover for Iowa. I don't have their schedule pulled up. But uh, it's Penn State, isn't it? They, they already got beat by Penn State. You so are correct. Penn State, Ohio State, and who? Who's the? Is it Rutgers? Is it no, no, Maryland? There's no Ohio State for Iowa this year. Okay, they already played Michigan State, didn't they? They played Michigan okay. State and beat them. They lost to Penn State. The remaining schedules: Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska. Rutgers is better. So I'm saying that. Who's the tallest short kid is what I'm getting at here (laughs) for the the Big Ted West. Our friend Scott Docterman of The Athletic, it's hilarious. Uh, He said if I could paint uh, the Big Ten West as a a kid, it would be the junior high kid with red hair, freckles, and wearing husky jeans. The ugly fat kid uh, in in, uh, the Big Ten West. That's a fair take on just what the division's been. A handful of wild wins against the East and nothing else to write home about. All right, you are, are all about these rivalry trophies. Yes. And you're going to make me guess? Is that what we're doing? Well, we have one that is up for grabs this weekend, this okay. trophy. And is I am, the Paul Bunyan axe? It is not. Okay. It is the jeweled shalala. Oh, that's USC Notre Dame. This weekend, yes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one. I didn't know if you'd get that one or not. Well, you went shillelagh. Well, what is a shillelagh? Answer me that. It's something from Ireland. It's, it's an Irish walking stick. Okay. So the jeweled shillelagh. Carson would call it a pimp cane, but okay. <laughs> that's up for grabs this weekend. That's a good one. Do you The know, Irish pimp cane. <laughs> do you know which two teams play for the keg of nails? Oh. Oh, uh, we'll say somebody from the Mac. 
a former Big East team. There's a lot of those. I know. No clue. No clue. Cincinnati and Louisville played ah. for the keg of nails. That's a good one. A good one that I, I quite enjoy. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from the Big Ten ones because those have all gotten pretty famous. Uh, so let's go next. To, oh, here's a really, really good one. The Fremont Cannon. This is a full-size cannon. It's got to be somewhere that once seceded from the Union. No? no. It was introduced by Bill Ireland, a former coach of one of these teams. Uh, since 1970, they've given away the Fremont Cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the Sentinel still play football? The Sentinel? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I, I'm, I'm saying the college. The military school in South Carolina. No, 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 no. No. The Citadel? Oh, whoops. The Citadel. I screwed that up horribly. Yeah, that's why I'm like, forgive what are you me, talking about? Forgive me, military members. <laughs> Don't have any idea. The Fremont Cannon is Nevada in UNLV. Ah. A full-size cannon, which I think is really, really Firearms funny. in Nevada. Okay, how about the... The Frank Leahy Memorial Bowl. That Leahy was a Notre Dame guy. He is. Okay. Is it Notre Dame USC? It's not Notre Dame USC. Is it that, that's, Pitt? The, that's the bejeweled. The, the, no, I know, but maybe there's two trophies. I don't know. This is Boston College and Notre Dame, dubbed the Holy War. They play for the Frank oh, yes. Memorial Bowl. I got one or two more of these if you're willing to have them. Uh, sure. Uh, let's see. The Old Brass Spittoon. That is Purdue and Minnesota? No. It's Indiana and Michigan State. Ah, sure. And the, uh, the last one we'll get to you. Let's see. Quickly, because people are wandering in traffic. Okay, how about the uh, the bronze stock? This is a team that Nebraska has already played this year, plays for this one. It is a stock of corn that has been bronzed and put on a trophy. <laughs> oh, let's go with Northern Illinois. Yes, against I, a Mac foe. Ohio? Mm-mm. Ball State. Ah, Indiana. Ball State in Northern Illinois play for the bronze stock every single year. That's a good like one. Like it. Uh, Brennan's offended. He says he wore husky jeans. Uh, me too, brother. It happened. And uh, we just had to, to deal with it in junior high. Husky. Code for, for, for larger. Big boned. Yes. <laughs> Thick. Thick. <laughs> Reminder about your friends at Dyer Law, Workers' Comp. Are you confused about your options with Workers' Compensation? Put your trust in the team at Dyer Law. Help ensure that your rights are protected and to get a settlement you deserve. Call Dyer Law today at 402-393-7529. DyerLaw.com. DyerLaw.com. Chat with a trusted professional about your workers' compensation claim. That's Dyer.Law. 402-393-7529. Coming up, we'll talk rivalry. We'll talk bucket list. During the bye week, uh, some of the best venues in college football. I've laid mine out. Elijah, you uh, are all about where? I mean, I I, I Are you going to jump on the bandwagon with us with Oklahoma, Texas? I do want to see the big house, specifically for Ohio State. I think Army-Navy would be awesome. Ooh, that is Can we do that? That one's after Nebraska season ends, too. It might. Well, there we go. And it might not be an 11 a.m. turnaround. Uh, we'll wind down hour one on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
One final time, next hour, college football thoughts. Gary Barnett, Major League Baseball postseason job at Chamberlain. Vegas gambling, Danny Burke, Burke's best bets. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt were powered by Herd at Sports as we have gone through some more comments. Uh, Eat Beef chimes in and says, word on the street. If uh, South Dakota gets it done, you've got game day heading to Vermilion for the Yotes versus the Jacks. That'd be incredible. Ty uh, said he went to the Bus and Bowl this year. Since we're talking bucket list and bye week, the Bus and Bowl was a dud. But that's the kind of trophy that I think Nebraska should play for. The organic like the $5 bits of broken chair trophy. Those are good folks. It's fallen out of favor a little bit. It feels like among the, the universities that used to be like half officially sponsored. And now it's kind of just a fan thing. Mm-hmm. Make that a, an officially sponsored thing again. Make the bus and bowl an officially sponsored thing. again. I hate these, these corporate sponsored trophies that Nebraska plays for at the end of the year. Like, like Nebraska and Iowa, it's sponsored Heroes Trophy, and it's for a good cause, but mm-hmm. there's something special. It's a great cause. Great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to be you, taken you, out of context no, you like where the You like where the heart is yes. and where the, the financial contributions go. It's for military. Yeah, I just don't like the execution because you look across the grander landscape of college football, and all these trophies have a meaning. They have a backstory behind them as opposed to just – and I, I know it's hard to, to bemoan a trophy that, that benefits – military military veterans like it does but it doesn't have the same history and and just meaning to it that a lot of other trophies are well, in I mean, nebraska iowa was totally forced but it's worked out it's worked out okay i mean nebraska would always play him tough and win in a hard-fought ball game and then nebraska didn't win for a thousand years and then you you stunned a team in, in iowa a year ago and kept them from going to, to back-to-back big 10 title games and it was, it was a great send-off for a lot of kids who had a lot of hell here uh, with expectations meeting results. At least they got to go out with a win over Iowa. Iowa's going to come here. They may not be in the thick of the Big Ten West because they could technically be eliminated if Wisconsin's not challenged. Okay, Wisconsin still has got to deal with Ohio State. They beat Rutgers, uh, and they... I don't think they venture out of Camp Randall that often, aside from Columbus. So the, what, what's, your, what's your loss number look like in the West? I mean, you're going to have a pillow fight for second through seventh, and you're going to have Wisconsin there or the Wisconsin-Iowa winner. But Iowa's a far bigger mess on offense than Wisconsin. So who's to say that if Iowa does sneak out of Wisconsin with a win, that they don't stub their toe elsewhere? At least a couple times. Well, and just back to the Nebraska Iowa and, game. And here. nothing's certain for Nebraska these next six. You think there'd be more to play for if they were playing for, like, the golden overalls? I'm trying to think of something that Nebraska and Iowa has in common. Because you can't really go ear of corn because that is kind of more Nebraska than Iowa, despite the fact you always see it online. Like, uh, I mean, Iowa it's has something bad to get corn. Me Nebraska can- has I'm going to say corn. something to get me canceled here, but I think Iowa produces more corn than Nebraska. They do. Okay. So maybe the, the golden ear of corn would be something to play for. Between Just Nebraska corn on the cob. That's what something I'm Something like that. That'd be, that'd be fine. We always wanted, uh, when we talked to Coach Alvarez, I mean, it should have been a, a, a giant pitcher of beer <laughs> for Nebraska-Wisconsin. That'd be great. It should have been uh, just a giant pitcher of, of Miller Bush Light. Light. Bush, Light. Bush, Bush or Miller Light. Bush is works. brewed with Midwestern corn. Have you seen their advertising? Uh, well, corn from America's heartland. That's right. Uh, Ty says the Golden Casey's trophy. <laughs> <laughs>
There's your new sponsor and title. Coach Barnett's on the way. Hour two coming up with Hale Varsity. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Herdant Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We'll get into some Major League Baseball. Jabba Chamberlain going to join us. Look at the MLB postseason as things are shaping up and then we'll head to vegas danny burke we say hi to a head football coach for a long time at colorado and northwestern college football hall of famer gary barnett with us and coach uh, jumping in with us before the friday night affair with stanford and colorado coach how's the week been thanks for a few minutes uh it's been good uh, we're gonna we're gonna have it's gonna be about 35 degrees tomorrow night and so We've had great weather up until all of a sudden we're going to get one day of it, and then we break back clear. But it's going to be nice and cold tomorrow night for the Stanford Cardinal and Buffaloes. Well, you'll uh, where you're seated. I'm sure the windows are open, but you you stay warm, don't you? When you're calling the game, do you have a little heater? Well, let me tell you, you know, Mark. Johnson's a North Dakotan, and so he thinks <laughs> life's supposed to be. When he gets over sixty, he 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 can't take it anymore. So he leaves every window open. Uh, I mean, he's got he's not dressed in a coat. I'm up there shivering to death. But uh, uh, they've taken care of me with a foot warmer, I think, or a heater down below. So I'll be all right. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we're two hours outside before that. No so man, that's the problem. So your pregame is outdoors, huh? Yeah, we do two hours outside. Jeez. It's it's almost the opposite of you and Carol in the mornings over here on KFOR, where Carol's got her space heater on and you're sweating away. Oh, brother, it's it's South America in there. Uh, (laughs) 400 degrees every day, all day. But you know what? It's keeping me less blubbery. Um, Coach, so we were talking since it's the bye week and – you know, Nebraska played Friday night, and they found a way to hang on against Illinois, some good and some ugly, but you'll take the win, and, and we'll get there in a minute. I wanted to ask you, because you've seen a lot of great ball games. If you could pick just if, – if you had to pick – let me rephrase it. If you had to pick just one rivalry game or, or team that you're not familiar with, that's either Missouri Northwestern or Colorado, to, to go to – where would it be? This bucket list bye week is what we're talking about, and I've never gotten down to the Red River rivalry, and I would have loved to go to have gone last Saturday. You know, I've been really lucky that I've seen them all except Army Navy. Okay, I've, I've been to the Iron Bowl. I've been to the Red River rivalry. I've been to the, uh, the Tennessee Florida game. I've been to Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Ohio State, Michigan, Missouri, Kansas, of course. But um, I, the one I haven't been to is is Army Navy that I would like to go. That's pretty awesome. That's one that that came up with me. I, I've always wanted to see uh, USC at Notre Dame. I know that's this weekend. 
Might as well just hop on a plane, Elijah. My wants just do it. Um, the uh, the cocktail party sounds good, Jackson down in Jacksonville. You've covered that, right, Georgia, Florida? Yes, yep, got this, that one. And uh, I I'll tell you another great one is the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt. Oh, that, is it? That's really good. Okay. Um, so it's uh, I've done a whiteout at Penn State, which was one of the most fun things to do. So. Yeah, it's uh, lucky, but no Army Navy yet. Okay. Uh, Among the games you have seen, Coach, which do you think tops the list of of those games? If you're recommending to us, which one should we put at the top of our bucket list? Probably Texas, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. just because of what it, where it is, and the way they divide the stadium up. Uh, It's a neutral site, sort of, (laughs) and I, I that's to me it's. Just amazing to sit there and see half the stadium in red and half the stadium in orange. I, 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 that's, I think that one's fantastic. So. Coach, you got to go back uh, to last weekend. Thoughts on Nebraska's win? Thoughts on the Buffs' uh, walk-off win? Uh, well, they were both ugly wins, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the Nebraska game, three turnovers, ten penalties. You know, you keep the ball 37 minutes. Uh, 312 yards total offense. I mean that 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 was just you know it was just ugly. I mean it's marred by the ten penalties and the three turnovers. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, and we were the same way um, at Arizona State. We were so lucky to win that that football game. Um, and you know Shadour just throws throws one down the field and they blew coverage and. We had a kid catch it, and you know we kicked a field goal to end the game, and it was um, uh, it wasn't a walk off, but pretty close. And yeah. it was the same way for us. We got sacked. You know that kid's been sacked thirty times this year. <laughs> um, couldn't run the football. Uh, you know every game is going to be like that for us, though, Chris. I mean, we got Stanford this week after a bye, and I'll guarantee you this is a trap game if I've ever seen one. So it's just. Uh, you know, we have some skilled players on both back end and, and receiver part and a quarterback that's playing his heart out. And, uh, yeah, we find a way to win four games already and a chance to win five. And we'll see. But um, ours was just as ugly as yours, I can guarantee you. <laughs> Coach Rule has been pretty transparent with his kids and he's he's – Pretty been pretty much been on the money when he's talked to, to the media with just how things are and expectations are. And I sent you that clip of him before the Northern Illinois game, and he's really trying to get guys to, to cut it loose. And and right now he's trying to work on kind of a wounded roster with so many guys that have gone down. Nebraska's limited as a as a passing team anyway with who they're playing at quarterback and. I really like Harburg's grit, but there's just some limitations, and he's not played a lot of football. What do you do where, you know, when you look at Nebraska's situation, Coach, where they're, they've got some limited options to throw the football, they've got a limited passer, and they're not a great under-center run team with the rest of the schedule they've got? I mean, there's some winnable games, but, but Rule's right. He said there's also a lot of losable games. Well, I think it's a fine line between acknowledging exactly who you are and accepting 
who you really are. And as a coach, you got to do both, but you got to balance it, and you got to you got to make them think they're better than they are, but you got to let them know where they are so they can get better and and be where they think they should be. And so it's a fine line, but the most important thing in this whole thing, I believe, comes down to we're in this thing together. Mm-hmm. You know, we are. We're going to acknowledge who we are. We're going to. We're going to dream about who we want to be, and we're going to find a way to take the steps to to get to where we what we dream our, about ourselves. And um, I mean, it's just it, you just got to be gritty. You got to acknowledge it. We are a uh, workman type team. We're not going to be showy. We're just going to find a way to win. That's who we want to be, and that in itself is the greatest lesson you can learn as in athletics is that you're just going to be gritty and you're going to find a way to win. And it doesn't have to be pretty. So, I mean, I, and there's fun in that. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there, and there's at the end of the year, if you accomplish that, it is the most fun year you have in coaching because uh, a coach takes you where you can't take yourself. That's the definition of coaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, the co- the player's role is to say, coach, coach me. Coach me, take me where I can't take myself. And if you agree on those two things, then you're going to have fun. You're going to work. You're going to cry together. You're going to win together. But that's that's what it's all about right there. It's Coach Gary Barnett with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Matt Rule, Nebraska. And, and Coach, just last night, uh, University of Nebraska released a video rewinding both the Northern Illinois and the Louisiana Tech wins. And in it, you got to see some pregame speeches from Matt Rule, pretty moving, those speeches saying, we need to be prepared to die on that field, essentially. I'm paraphrasing for Coach Rule there. And I want to get your thoughts on, on the pregame speech because Matt Rule had a moving one, but there's another coaching legend out there, Bud Grant. He played uh, in the NBA for the, the Lakers, and he said during that time he never liked the pregame speech, so whenever he became a head coach, he used them very infrequently because he said, those are the guys risk it all. I'm just standing on the sideline. What are they going to hear from me that's going to really resound with them before a game? They know what they need to do. What was your take on the pregame speech? Was it important? Was it a, a side note before the game? How did you approach that moment? Well, there were two moments that were really important to me. Thursday night. Uh, after practice, I would meet with a team, and I learned this from Coach McCartney. Uh, and I'd I'd set the table right there that Thursday night, and I would. Uh, I it was funny. I used to pull all, everybody that uh, everybody that touched our players. We would meet on Thursday morning, and I would ask each one of them what we need to do to win this game, and they all would have such great answers. And at the end of that meeting, it was about an hour, and, at the, and there were guys that were better than other guys, and I'd always save them for last. And I swear, when we left that meeting, I knew whoever we were going to play, we were going to beat them, or we were going to play our butts off. And I, it was so confident, confidence-building for our staff. And so one time, I, I, I took that meeting, and I replicated it in front of all the players because – Players needed to hear that coaches thought that way about them mm-hmm. and that other people thought that way about them and believed in them so much. And uh, it was really one of my greatest moves. And it, was, it wasn't meant to be a move. It was just something that I felt like we needed to do, and it was stinking awesome. It was awesome. And um, I really wished I could do it after every Thursday meeting. 
But I was the big pregame speech guy. I, I worked on it. I worked on the Thursday night thing, and I worked on pregame. And, of course, after what happened in that Thursday morning, Thursday night meeting, it, it told me what to say on, on Saturday for the game. So, no, it was important to me because that's the way I like to coach, and that's the way I like to play. So it just depends. It, it, it's sort of like uh, Bud Grant said. He didn't like it, and he didn't want to play that way. I did like it, and I did want to play that way. And so uh, that, that, I was a big pregame guy and a big Thursday night guy. That's pretty awesome to hear. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, thoughts on Coach Prime's take on, on Friday night football, late Friday night football? I'm totally in agreement. I, you know, I, I would feel that way as a coach. I'd feel that I'd feel that way as a broadcaster. I'd feel that way as a fan. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to start this game at 820, and uh, nobody cares when I get home, but I'm going to get home at 210 in the morning. Um, you lose fan base. Uh-huh. Your, your older fans, loyal fans, they can't do it. If you have a close game like we had against CSU – Double overtime. I mean, uh, with nine penalties in the first quarter, the first quarter last 57 minutes. I mean, really, why are we doing that? <clears throat> and uh, I agree with him totally, and I, I just hope his kids don't feel that way because it's a trap game if he does. Well, meanwhile, the Big Ten's adding even more Friday night games beginning in 2024. Yeah, let's just yeah, leave that one be. Well, <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind Friday night games that start at 530. You know, or five. I don't mind that. I, I really don't. It's the eight fifteen deals. Give me a break, Coach. We'll hit some rapid fire here. Oregon, Washington, Huskies minus three. Hey, yeah, let me tell you, Chris. This is the hardest week to pick I've seen in a long time. Huskies by three. I'm taking the Huskies. I, I just think they're a better team. Yeah, Notre Dame, USC, Irish stung by Louisville. Irish minus three. Caleb Williams is the best football player I've seen in years. And even though USC's defense is substandard, I, I just I, I just won't bet against Caleb Williams. I'm going with USC. Future Denver Bronco. <laughs> That's what Elijah's <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're working on it, aren't we? <laughs> Midas We're three. on tonight. You can see our efforts. <laughs> Midas 3, North Carolina. Does, does, does Miami get back, Coach? Oh, no. North Carolina wins. The Missouri. Um, go ahead. By the way, by the way, if you haven't coached, you haven't done what what uh, Mario Cristobal did. So we've all done it, believe me, every <laughs> one of us, including me. Oh, so, no. uh, you know, everybody's ragging on him pretty hard. I, you know, give him a break. <laughs> Missouri, do they bounce back? They had, man, they had it, and then they did, and LSU came back. Now they're at Kentucky. This can be a great game. I, I just looked at the numbers, uh, and I, I think Missouri is going to win this game. I really do. And uh, somebody else, I think, on ESPN picked them as the upset, too. And I, I, I think Missouri's going to win this game, but this, this could be a really heck of a football game. Coach, last thought, Iowa at Wisconsin, whiskey minus nine and a half. Uh Boy, I don't know. I I think I would take Iowa in the points. Okay. 
And uh, but I don't know if they're going to win the game. But I think I'd take nine. Nine points is more than they normally score. So uh, you know <laughs> they hold everybody close. So you give them nine. If you spot them nine, they're liable to beat you. Both of so them. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Iowa points, but Wisconsin to win the game. Coach Gary Barnett. Coach, you stay warm late tomorrow night. All right. <laughs> all right, Chris. Take care. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, Talk to you later. There he is, Coach Gary Barnett with us. Good to spend time with him. We love doing rapid fire with college football picks and good thoughts on Nebraska. We'll hit some Major League Baseball. Great postseason. A lot of drama. Some new names. And uh, Husker and Major League Baseball great. Jabba Chamberlain next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Stuff from Gary Barnett. Be sure to get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Let's hit some Major League Baseball. Husker standout uh, World Series champ uh, and uh, soon-to-be podcaster for uh, with us at Herdat. We welcome in Jabba Chamberlain. Jabba, good to see you, man. You're, uh, you're hunkered down. You're ready for your Braves tonight against Philly. Uh, so give me the... Uh, well, give me the the star rating on on Bryce's stare down out of five. Would you give it a five out of five? I mean, if I could give it higher, I would. Give, I mean, the weird part about that was, like, I guess from everything that I've read, that it was said in the locker room. But like, you just have to understand in that situation is like we've all been there. If, if you haven't said you haven't talked crap about you know something or whatever, but um, I mean. And if you look at it as a baseball play, Bryce did the right thing. He just ran a little too far past second. Mm-hmm. But he's tying that game unless Michael Harris makes an unbelievable catch. And then what goes underrated, too, I think, if you watch the whole play develop, Michael Harris missed two people, and Austin Riley made an absolute gross pick and yeah. throw to Olsen. Like, so from top to bottom, it's, it's the first ever 8-5-3 double play in postseason <laughs> history. That's not real common. So, um no, I mean, it's, you know what, that's what big-time players do. You don't, I mean, you don't give them chalkboard material at any point. You're already playing in a hostile environment anyways at Philly. I mean, we literally got off when we were playing them in the World Series, got off the train, and I got 10-year-olds just giving me the double birds. I was <laughs> like, well, I guess here we go. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a tough place to play anyways. And then when you have that guy who's hitting – Literally in the division series the last two years, he's hitting almost 500. He's hitting 481 with five homers and a over 1500 OPS. Like, I mean, let's let's let him just be and <laughs> and and not make him any more dangerous than he already is. So what what you're saying, Java, is that if you were on the mound tonight, you would not be buzzing the tower to send a message. No, no, I'm gonna go ahead and just. Uh, Make him beat me to left field. Uh, I'm not going to let him hit a 450 foot homer. Off me. <laughs> yeah, you go the other way. I like it. Jabba Chamberlain's with us talking Major League Baseball postseason. But yeah, Arcia, Arcia was. I mean, it was caught. He was just doing some, some, some mocking, clapping, making fun of the the double play. The situation, to your point, was a, a, a crazy sequence. And and then you know it got back to some of the Philly radio folks. And Bryce heard it, heard it again, and uh, the double stare to match both home runs. What what wins out tonight? Why does Atlanta move on? Why does Philly move on? I mean, Spencer Strider, you obviously have, you know, the, the ability of what he can do and, and how, how good he was all year. So I think, you know, if you continue to have him 
be that person. Obviously, his, his first start wasn't the greatest. So I think if you just him establish early, I think I think getting on the board early, I mean, the team that scores the first is 15 and five. So when you got Suarez going, you know, for the Phillies. So it's it, it's going to be it's going to be a momentum game because, I mean, literally the Philly fans are going to be in it from before pitch one and after the end of the game. So, you know, Spencer Strider can go out and do the things that he's done all year and, you know, just, just be that guy. I think, I think they got a chance. I mean, it's, it's crazy over 80% of, of the team that homers the most, it, you know, wins the series. So it, it's, I mean, that's a huge part of what, uh, what this series has become and what the postseason has really become. If you look at it as a whole, well, chicks dig the long ball job. Right, it's, great it's, commercial. It's as simple as that. I got kicked out of class for wearing that shirt. Miss Miss Spanish class because she thought it was bad. I go, you obviously don't like baseball. <laughs> so did you negotiate your way back in class or did you not wear the shirt again? I just turned it inside out. See, we had a friend, not me, but uh, back when the Chronic album came out uh, 100 years ago, Dr. Dre, you had the the leaf, of course, and, and the whole T-shirt. Buddy of mine had to turn his T-shirt in, inside out. But yeah, he had yeah, to go. Yeah, mine wasn't even bad. He had to go talk to Mr. Van Horn, <laughs> principal at Irving, uh, and and turn the T-shirt inside out. But but Mr. Van Horn was cool about it. So well, meanwhile, I had a high school social studies teacher. Her favorite album was The Chronic by Dr. Dre. She used to keep the album in her room. I don't think she could display it, but she kept it in her desk. Did she play it? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a she line probably right did there. when you guys weren't in class. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So Jabba Chamberlain with us here down Musical Row here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Jabba uh, Chamberlain's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jabba, I want to get back to baseball here. Is uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Diamondbacks. They're awaiting their opponent tonight between the Phillies and the Braves. And if you're the Diamondbacks sitting there in the dugout or in the the clubhouse tonight watching this game, I'd like to think all the players get together and watch this game together, seeing who they're going to be playing next round, even though it's probably not the Camaraderie, case. Camaraderie, Jabba. <laughs> but I'd like to think they do. If they are, who do you think the Diamondbacks would be rooting for? Who, who would they rather play in the next round? Because either way, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Diamondbacks. But who, who do you think they stand a better chance against? Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you, you kind of look at it, and if I'm them, I want the Phillies to win because then they get an extra day off. Mind you, it can line up uh, some pitching matchups a little bit better, but going into game five, you're carrying the momentum of a five-game series. You keep playing, and, and everybody makes a big deal about just the momentum. But if I'm them, I mean, it's whether – Team is going to have a great fan base. It's it, it's going to be true home field advantage. I think a lot of people didn't expect the Diamondbacks. Everybody just wrote them off. I mean, the '84 team win is, you know, got some guys. But I mean, you look at the, you know, Merrill Kelly and you know Zach. I think Zach Gallon's very underrated, even though he started the the All Star game. And you know, it's just they their pitching was was phenomenal, and I, I think that's that's part of of what that series completely was. I mean, Kershaw didn't get out of the first. Bobby Miller didn't get out of the second. Lance Lynn didn't get out of the third. So when you have, I think they had to, they had to get 65 of 76 outs total in that series or some crazy number. I haven't wrote down, but it's when you, you have to rely on your bullpen that much, you know, and they go in and, and do the things that they did and, 
you know, first time hitting four homers in an inning has never been done. Guy hits one foul and the next pitch takes it deep again. That's crazy. We've all, we've all known, too, Lance Lynn is susceptible to homer. He, he led the league in homers giving up at 45. So. Oh, I know. He was on my fantasy team. Lance Lynn looks like me pitching out there <laughs> from a beer gut standpoint. Bless his heart. I mean, he just – he is good or he's bad. Like, there's really no in-between. And we know he's going to give up the homer. But after the first couple of solos, you're like, solo homers aren't going to really kill you. you got a chance with that offense. But I think in that series, too, when you have two top four MVP candidates that go one for 21 and you only hit one homer and they were second in the league mm-hmm. and homers behind the Braves, I mean, you have four guys with 100 RBIs. And only one of them had an RBI, and that was a J.D. Martinez solo homer. So that's really not going to win you games. I don't care if you're playing in the California Penal League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jabba Chamberlain's with us. Jabba, biggest disappointment this postseason. Is it Baltimore? Is it Tampa? Or is it the Dodgers? I mean, it's probably just the Dodgers because of the consistency. They're third all-time in consecutive playoff appearances behind the Braves and can't remember who else, but Orioles, no, not necessarily. You were running some guys out there that, you know, Grayson Rodriguez coming back, had a great second half. Um, and just the young guys, you know, getting that experience, I, I, they're not too far off. Their talent's unbelievable. Um, just obviously ran into some runs and, and, and not great starting pitching. <laughs> the Rays, I mean, the Rays are the Rays. They're going to be there. Kevin Cash is phenomenal. Um, you know, and it's just, I just think from what expectations-wise, you look at, you know, the Orioles coming in, everybody's like, no, and then 101 wins later, and you got what it is. And I mean, the first time being swept in 91 series. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they have the ability. They understand. I think the last time they were swept was the week before Adley Rutschman came up. So... I don't think those two and the Rays are always the Rays because everybody's going to correlate it with the fact that, oh, their payroll isn't very good and it's not going to be very good. I mean, they're going to have to pay Tyler Glass now $25 million next year, but um, I think that's the most they've paid anybody if I, if I go back and look. But, I mean, just the Dodgers and, you know, the listening to the interviews last night and just seeing the frustration on, like, Freddie's face and, mm-hmm. you know, Mookie just kind of like, yeah, we just didn't do it. I mean, that's – but it's also hard when you got to rely on your whole bullpen when, you know, three of your starters don't get out of the third inning and a future first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, doesn't get out of the first inning. He just struggles so often. Jabba Chamberlain's with us. Uh, Jabba, a couple minutes here. Uh, and what is it in your mind here? Is it a situation where we're going to see a World Series champ that, that wins it because they got hot? Or do you think ultimately the, the, the best wins? And that's, that's where I'm going here. Baseball is really fun in that aspect where someone can get hot. You see it in the NHL as well, where an eight seed can go win the cup, uh, but they weren't necessarily at that level all year. I, yeah, I think it's, it, it's so hard to, to distinguish between those two because we've seen both play out in mm-hmm. so many series. And then it's, you know, you got, you sweep and then you sweep again and then you have eight days off and it just momentum doesn't stop. And, you know, you can never obviously regulate or follow everything that you would do during a game day when you're just trying to get your work in and, and, and build that. So I think to the, to that is, I think the best team wins, but it wouldn't surprise me if the D backs get there. Sure. 
it's going to be if they hold up. And, you know, I think with, I think Longo's a huge part of that team for being around so long and some of the great plays he's made. And, you know, it's, it's funny because nobody wants to talk about the Astros because this is the seventh year in a row they've got there. So everybody's just like, eh. So, but yeah, I just, I think, I think the best team will get there, but will they win? That, that's to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Java, last thought here about 60 seconds. Do you believe in the power of creed for the Texas Rangers? Man. Man, I actually listened to it the other day. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I hadn't heard it in forever, and that popped up, and that was like crazy. <laughs> and I was like, they're just, there's no way they're being for real. And it, I mean, it continued to get legs and legs and legs. And I was like, man, this brings back memories. <laughs> it's, it's one of those, those songs, those few songs that they had. You're like, I remember where I was when I heard this song mm-hmm. one time. Reminds me of uh, being in my dad's truck going around checking job sites when I was a kid. I like it. Hire my sacrifice with uh-huh. arms wide yeah. open. So many bangers from Creed. Man, I mean, you uh, you just got to get uh, that front row seat, don't you? Get him to do a, a show out at Pinewood. I missed Nickelback a couple weeks ago. I, I, I know. If Creed's in town, I'm not missing him. Listen. I heard, I heard Nickelback was great. I did too. I'm bummed I missed it. I was trying to get down in the pit, but... I, did, I didn't get there. Jabba Chamberlain, Triple Play is the podcaster at Sports. That's dropping this weekend. Jabba Chamberlain, God love you, buddy. Thanks for jumping on and talking some ball with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. There he is, Jabba Chamberlain. We'll head to Vegas and uh, get some input. Daddy Burke, Burke's Best Bets. That's on the way. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Java Chamberlain. Wonderful overview of the MLB postseason. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Gary Barnett talks some college football with us to get hour two going. Brandon Vogel of Counter Read joined us in hour one. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, we say hi to Danny Burke. And uh, at Danny Burke 5 is where you find him on Twitter. Danny, tell everybody about your website. And I see on Twitter, at Danny Burke 5, brother, uh, doing uh, all sorts of insight with games, picks, insight, and insider thoughts. And, dude, you got a whole smorgasbord to pick. You got baseball postseason. You've got Thursday night football with Denver and Kansas City, plus the NFL weekend and some college football. Where are you uh, focused right now? Yeah, so the website, uh, burpspeed.com, like you said, we're kind of going all over the place. I mean, October, uh, traditionally known as the best sports month, and especially when it comes to betting, because you get all the four major sports to choose from. Still waiting on basketball, but honestly, it's kind of one of those that I'm going to wait a little bit to delve into regardless. But, uh, yeah, hockey back in the mix. Hockey's one of my favorite sports to bet on. So even though I've just been getting absolutely pummeled with these brutal beats with the first two bets I had in hockey, I'm still going back to the board with it tonight. Uh, I took the Stars to win in regulation at about minus a buck twenty-seven. So of course this means they win throughout the first three periods. It's the first game, which could be a little fluky. So that's why I'm taking a little bit more security as opposed to going with the puck line, which you would traditionally do with a team that's a bigger favorite. So uh, that's what I did with the Stars tonight against the Blues. Big goalie advantage with Ottinger in favor of Dallas as opposed. Bennington and the Blues, and the Stars' offense is just prolific. And St. Louis had a bottom-tier defense last year. And, frankly, they didn't do much to change that heading into this season. So that's what I rolled with with hockey tonight, guys. 
And that, uh, man, I mean, this one, I don't know if it's a little bit uh, more of just kind of my heart, but uh, also just based on the price and so many other factors for the postseason game tonight, I had to go with the Phillies. I, I mean, that price got up to like plus 135, and I think I stabbed at it at plus 132. I, I get the thought should be that the best team in baseball should bounce back tonight. And I love Spencer Strider, man. He's a guy who wraps the mustache in Spencer Strider. I, I, you know, he's been a fan favorite of mine. But he kind of tends to shallow himself in the limelight, right? I mean, he, he really doesn't show you what he's capable of in a lot of other outings that we see. And, look, in the regular season, he has been phenomenal against the Philadelphia Phillies. In the postseason in a couple matchups, the last start, not bad. Another one uh, the year prior, uh, not so good. But... Suarez is taking the bump for the Phillies. Not the best numbers, but what Philadelphia is going to do, guys, is like they did in the first game, put him about three innings in the game, let him see the order one time through, hopefully he can do his job like he's done numerous times against the Braves, and then let the bullpen take care of the rest. And throughout the postseason thus far, Philadelphia's bullpen has only allowed, I think, three earned runs, and they have been tremendous, which is a little bit of a shocker. Not the best bullpen heading into the playoffs, but they're stepping up when they need to. And I know that last game was kind of the Arcia comment game, but I think a lot of that fire will still kind of carry over. And more importantly, I mean, this home field advantage at Citizen Bank Park, I mean, that is just wild there. I think they're really going to let Strider hear it. And long story short, again, I think this is somewhat of a coin flip in this spot, so that's why I'm looking at this price of plus 130 or above and going, how, do you, how are you not taking a stab at that as opposed to laying minus 150 in a spot where I already feel a little bit shaky with some of their guys? and just because this is really tough for them with their backs against the wall. So, yeah, those are the two plays I got tonight, and those are a couple of the other sports aside from football I've been focusing in on. Danny Burke is with us here, Burke's Best Bets. And, Danny, I'm seeing the line for Bryce Harper home runs tonight at .5. Should I take the over? Should I, I expect that disrespect card to be pulled yet again by Bryce Harper and expect another big game? What, what's the price you see if you have that available? What are they dishing out to you, Elijah? It looks like uh, plus 400 on the over. Okay. I'd actually, I, I thought they'd kind of screw you and put it a little bit lower. Personally, I'm not someone who chases those as much. But, hey, if you're just kind of, you know, looking for a little bit of a fun bet to have, big-time players make big-time plays in the biggest stages. So we did that yesterday. He had a pair of them, so that makes you think it would be really difficult for him to do it one more time. But, I'm not going to talk anybody out of banking on Harper to go yard again. And, Danny, I asked you that question because I was trying to avoid the inevitable Thursday night football discussion with my Denver (laughs) Broncos tonight. Ten and a half is the line. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because weirdness happens on Thursday night football. It's either going to be a blowout or a Broncos win. I don't know what it's going to be, but (laughs) weirdness will ensue tonight. What's your take on Thursday night football? Yeah, I kind of think you put it perfectly, right? Like, the Broncos are going to be in it to the very end, or they just get embarrassed once again. Yeah. And much <laughs> like I was embarrassed last week backing your team for the second time this year. First was against the Commanders, and then the second time was last year. Look, I get what I deserve. I knew that going into it. It doesn't make it any less painful. So I'm officially done with your Broncos until otherwise. But believe it or not, I've actually seen some respected betters uh, backing Denver in this spot. And I think kind of like you said, though, like Thursday nights are always a little wonky. The wind is going to play a factor in this game, too, so that could limit the offense to Kansas City enough to where, you know, covering 10 to 11 points is somewhat feasible for Denver. But the way I would have looked at this, and the number moved a little bit, so that's why I didn't end up playing it, I would have went with Patrick Mahomes under 35 and a half pass attempts because if you think that the Chiefs 
do err more on the side of blowing out Denver, well, at some point they're going to stop throwing the ball. They're not going to want to put the strain on the homes when they don't need to. That's what you've seen in a couple of the spots where he hasn't had to throw it in closer games. Uh, the Bears being one of them, I don't think it's going to be like that, but somewhere in that region. And just because of the win, makes it more difficult throwing. You know, Kelsey's maybe banged up. All right, they can't do the traditional offense they want to. So knowing how bad Denver's defense is, I don't think they'll fret if they have to rely on the run more. Jacko's been a stud. So I think they'll be comfortable doing that. And that would have been the one prop I would have circled out. It's scary to bet an under with Mahomes first and foremost. But secondly, I think the number ended up moving down at a lot of spots at 34.5. So I stayed away there, guys, but that would have been the one angle I would have pursued. Feels like every single starting running back the Broncos have run into this year has had their best game of the year against the Broncos. So I'd look at the Pacheco over on rushing yards just maybe. I'm no expert here, but I've watched the Broncos enough to know. (laughs) Danny Burke with us. Burksbeat.com at Danny Burke 5 as uh, we're talking uh, gambling and uh, games. Daddy, is there another NFL game you're looking at? Seattle-Cincy, that's a tight, tight line. You've got Detroit at Tampa, also a field goal, but no hook there. Anything that's uh, piquing your interest? Yeah, so I made a play, and I'll have a write-up about this tomorrow, but I made a play on the Colts against the Jaguars. So this is the second time these division opponents are facing off against each other. And don't forget, Jacksonville just played back-to-back games overseas. And so that's a tough coming home in the first place, you would imagine. And secondly, going up against a division opponent. And then thirdly, going up against a division opponent for the second time in a span of about a month. Now, James Dyke has really done a tremendous job with this offense. The issue, yeah, no Anthony Richardson, so he may not be able to conduct the offense he wants to. But I am still a fairly big supporter of Gardner Menchu. I don't think he's electric. I don't think he makes him better. But I don't necessarily think he makes him worse. He's a pretty consistent and precise quarterback, and we've seen that on display already this year. Now, I'm as big of a Trevor Lawrence fan as anybody because i got a couple MVP tickets on him, and I'd love for them to win because of that, sure. But if we're looking at this just in this spot solely, I would have made this game at three, and I ended up snagging the number at about four in the hook. So I'd like the Colts in that spot would play it till about four. I wouldn't really risk going with a three and a half because the four has been available all week. And then speaking of four guys, I haven't done anything here, but Danny, hang on, hang on. I got a hard break. We'll get you on the other side. Hang tight. Hang tight. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, a Thursday podcast is available for you. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hale Varsity Radio. Subscribe, follow. Also, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel can watch the show there. Big thanks to. Jabba Chamberlain, Coach Gary Barnett, Brandon Vogel, and Danny Burke with us here at Danny Burke 5, burksbeat.com. Danny, I cut you off like an a-hole. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I need you to continue on with this suggestion here between Jayville and Indy. You were talking minus four and a half. The, the number right now seems a little bit low. No, yeah, you're good. So with the Indian Jacksonville game, took the points with the Colts, the one that I was getting into, and that's my bad, Schmidt. You no, know, you're good. I should, I should know these breaks still by now. <laughs> I still have them ingrained in my memory, so that's on me. But Baltimore, uh, I, I am liking this spot with them, even though they have looked very, very rocky. Look, Tannehill's been awful. Lamar in a lot of analytical departments. Not that much better than Tannehill, but we know he is. And he's been getting shafted like he always does. 
because of the lack of weapons. But I think his guys will figure it out, especially against one of the league's worst pass defenses. So Baltimore also, overall, like the second-best defense in the NFL. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they have been great in terms of the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to wait to see where this line moves. Maybe we get to three and a half, but I'm definitely itching to make a bet with Baltimore. And then finally, guys, I'll leave you with this. Monday night, even though much like the Broncos, they typically cause me pain, I think I might have to take the plus money here with the Chargers. (laughs) I love me some Justin Herbert. I don't think Dak Prescott is really that good of a quarterback at this point against solid teams. Now, the Chargers defensively like to shoot themselves in the foot, but maybe the Chargers can do enough offensively because Dallas, you know, I mean, they got shut up against 49ers. I know their defense is great, but against good competition, they faltered. So I think the Chargers can move the ball. It's just a matter of, again, can they get out of their own way? So I may use the Chargers. If you want more security, tease them up because they're in a good spot from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. Danny, last thought here. I don't have the line in front of me, but uh, Nebraska versus the bye. Who are you taking? <laughs> I, I, I got to go with Nebraska, right? And I say I'm going with the Huskers because you got to think, or at least you got to hope, they can't fumble on their bye week. So that's why I'm going <laughs> Jeez. with Nebraska. guys. Danny Burke, uh, <laughs> burksbeat.com. Give that a check and uh, follow Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5. Pride of Chicago, thanks for jumping in with us today. Good to chat, bud. Yeah, you got it, fellas. Thank you. As always, enjoy your weekend. All right, there he is, Danny Burke. Got to love uh, hearing his thoughts, some good NFL thoughts. If I had a grand to burn, I think 10.5 is too much. I don't like how Kansas City has been playing. I don't disagree with how bad your donkey D has been. I don't like when you, how you said no, that. I, I didn't like how you said that at all. Denver defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Oh, what a way to end the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, Sometimes the sophomore humor has to come out. That's, so. that's fine. Well, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> My point is this. First time I've ever heard that. <laughs> if I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my point is, is if I just had some money I could set on fire, I'd go down to 77 right now and just put put a G on Denver to cover. Well, it's uh, not saying do it. I'm saying I would if I could. If it wouldn't. If I wouldn't blink, I'd be evicted. Well, I think I already called that. I'm getting Denver ten and a half last night. Whenever we were talking about this in the show. Oh, you taking a beer? So you're okay? Fine, I'll, I'll ride with it. I mean, you owe me half a cow anyway. Real quick, buckle up, hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver has one job. That's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Talk to you tomorrow at four with Hale Varsity. Thanks for tuning in. A Huda Media Production.